podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fancy Football Scout. Uh, there's no Sam or As this week, uh, so you lucky people have got us two. Uh, my name is Joe and today I'm joined by David to answer your questions as we look ahead to FPL Game Week 5. David, welcome. How are you? Uh, very good, thank you. It's, it feels uh, like a bit of a flashback here because uh, I'm, I'm the guest today and you're the mm. host, which very much used to be how things used to be when we did the captaincy video back in the day. That wasn't um, But yeah, I've been sort of, yeah, the good old, the good old days, the halcyon days of Fancy yes. Football Scout, of course. Um, no, it, it's, it's an unfortunate situation this week. I've had some computer problems. People will have noticed I've been on the channel a little bit less. So mm-hmm. while I'm on air, I just want to say thank you to Joe and Karen for... for Stepping in and recording some content, and uh, yeah, I can guest on things. I can be in things like Zoom, but outside of that, I'm a little bit limited. So uh, okay. nice to be in the in the guest chair today because it means I'm not pressing quite as many buttons. Okay, and um, before we crack on with your questions, before I welcome those who joined us in the live chat, um, I understand you've got a few words to say from one of our sponsors, David. Uh, yes, that's correct. Yeah, um, and so today's video is sponsored by Betway, the principal betting partners of West Ham, betting partner of Brighton. On Friday, they announced their Heroes for the weekend. You bet £10 on player markets, top scorer of the Heroes, and they will credit a £1 free bet for every point up to £20. Betway are also running giveaways, including shirts and tickets for West Ham and Brighton, uh, two popular teams in FPL right now. Uh, we know not everyone gambles, which is why we take uh, it very seriously. It's why we have on our website a filter that you can turn on that allows you to opt out of gambling ads. For those who do enjoy it, do it responsibly and safely. There's more info about Betway uh, in the description, you of course have to be 18 or over to play, and we encourage everybody to gamble responsibly and to be gamblerware.org when the fun stops, stop. But I suppose uh, the fun never stops when it comes to FPL, especially when there's questions, Joe, and there's going to be lots of them yes. today, we hope. Yes, indeed. Um, just before we crack on, just want to welcome those joining us in the live chat uh, FPL Big Head, um, Sukhan, uh, Geo Boys, uh, John Robert Knight, uh, Barry Coleman. Uh, it's very formal, I'm giving all their surnames as well. Uh, Aslak, uh, Dennis Halangizi. Uh, um, apologies, I've butchered your name possibly, but uh, welcome all of you uh, early birds in the live chat. Um, get some questions in, put some questions in, and put, put, so I can easily see them put a question mark at the end <laughs> um because if it's just sort of a comment um because then i'll because by instinct i'll just read them out and don't be rude as well because by instinct i'll just read it out <laughs> um but yeah just do put your questions in there i'll come to that and um, we do have a couple of questions already um i put up a, a tweet earlier and uh, it's your favorite subject goalkeepers um from jack hey. wokenshire um he says looking forward to the show um i shall start uh, should i start anana or turner this week and uh, in a, in a, on a similar theme, uh, for reasons unknown, asked best goalkeeper combination on a game week five wildcard. So thinking much more long term, not just best for game week five or whether you're looking at Anana or Turner, but best for many, many weeks to come. Um, so, yeah, who yeah, who would you first of all, we go for the Anana Turner one. Who would you play out of those two? And then, yeah. and then you give your who you would have your best combination be. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, United uh, defensively this season have been, you know, very disappointing. And uh, I, I said that a couple of weeks ago, or, or no, well, it feels like a couple of weeks ago, the first half of the international break. Um, we're talking about Johnny Evans. I've always rated Johnny Evans, but if that's who they're relying on now, uh, it's a bit concerning. I, I uh, he looks like the picture of him in the current kit looks like it should be a testimonial game. Um, it just looks like too much of a mind-bending event to mm-hmm. see him looking the way that he is in a, in a full Premier League kit. It's crazy. Um, you know, but not to put it all on him. As I said, I've got a lot of respect for him, but he's, you know, he's not as young as he was. No. 
but they've had other problems outside of that as well, defensively. I, I'd be very concerned if I had Anana right now. And to be honest, I'd probably be selling him. Um, just looking at the fixture, I mean, it's Brighton in game week five. Mm-hmm. Brighton have been in exceptional form at their offensive end of the pitch. I mean, you've obviously gone yeah. into detail on, on a few uh, bits and pieces this week, Joe, that defensively Brighton aren't as where we'd expect them yeah. to be, but it doesn't matter. You're going to score one more than the opponent because yeah. your XG is incredible. Um, yeah. And so I, I would probably go for Turner this week, yeah. to be honest, because I think the fixture for Forest really good. Mm. Burnley, I think, needed to do a little bit of work to get ready to be back at Premier League level. Uh, Forest defensive numbers have been quite solid in the start of the season, and they're always, always much better at the city ground. So it feels weird to do it, doesn't it? Because Anana's mm-hmm. a lot more expensive. But um, I'm currently starting Turner this week, yeah. and uh, I don't have Anana. But if I did have them both, I would be starting Turner. Ah, well, even I, I have this exact rubbish combination of Anana and Turner, <laughs> and I indeed am also going to feel Turner. Now, here's a caveat: I could end up playing Anana anyway. Two things have happened to Turner recently. Uh, I understand his wife has given birth to their second child, um, which could mean uh, he'll do an an amazing save and then do a nice baby celebration. Um, Or he just won't turn up um, because he uh, was off for personal reasons, which I presume was that um, for um, uh, uh, the United States, who he's, of course, the national goalkeeper for. Um, the other factor is they've uh, Nottingham Forest have just signed um, another goalkeeper um, with Champions League experience who I was reading today on Twitter uh, by sources at Nottingham Forest is, is expected to become their main goalkeeper. Um, so at the moment, it's sort of Turner's to lose. He hasn't done anything wrong to lose it. Long term, he will lose it. <laughs> um, but also short term, he could be on nappy changing duties. I don't know. I don't know. So there's lots of doubt there. So I've got Anana ready to go. <laughs> but as I said, Brighton top, top form. So yeah, it's a tough one. And But long term, if you, you know, you didn't have Turner, you didn't have Anana. If you had this a wild card this week, who would that, who, who would that goalkeeper combination be for you? Um, well, I don't know about the second choice, but my first choice still actually, to be honest, is, is Flecken at Brentford. Because I look at the defensive numbers that we've seen at the start of the season and I've just pulled up a few uh, here now. Big chances conceded in the first four matches. Mm. Um, well, it's just all matches so far because, of course, Luton and Burnley have only played three each. But, um, you know, they're not really in this conversation. Um, the, the top four for this stat, Man City and Newcastle joined best with four conceded each. Then it's Arsenal with five who were level with Brentford. Um, and, you know, there, there doesn't seem to be a massive change in the way that they are playing this season in the sense that they do actually still concede a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have uh, faced uh, 55 shots this season. Only about six teams have conceded more shots, but only two have given up more big chances. Mm-hmm. And so that is a continuation of the trend we saw last season mm-hmm. of lots of shots, yep. but the quality of them is very low. And that is like the Goldilocks zone for a goalkeeper. You know, you've got a very good goalkeeper with a bit of distribution attached onto him as well for a bit of extra bonus because uh, he is good at that as well. That's sort of why they signed him as a sort of, you know, David Rea 2.0. Um, you attach that to a team that is giving up lots of chances but not doing it in such a way that it's leading to lots of big goal-scoring opportunities. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And then if that goalkeeper is 4.5, even better because we saw it a little bit with Pope at Burnley when he was 5.5. We've seen it also with Pope at Newcastle when he's been 5.5. Um, but unfortunately, both of those two teams conceded big chances at a higher rate. And so with that massive gap, that ma- it's, it's, they were the biggest team, the, the, the team with the biggest gap between shots conceded and biggest chance conceded mm-hmm. last season. I haven't actually double-checked it for this season, but the fact that they're like very much in the bottom half, 
Bushots conceded was very much top four quality yes. uh, for big chances conceded. It's it's very clear that he's the guy that's yeah. going to get you four, three, four, maybe five points when he doesn't keep a clean sheet. Eight, nine, ten, twelve points when he does. Okay. So he's the one for me. Okay. Um, he's not for me, but but <laughs> last time we were together on a show uh, was when I it was a sort of a, a rate my uh, preseason team, and you asked ah, yes. me this exact question, and <laughs> and I said then uh, Leno and Ariola, and here we are uh-huh. many many weeks here on, we are, yeah. and I have not changed, <laughs> and I do think the best combination is Leno and Ariola and hear me out. <laughs> um, I, uh, earlier in the week, I did look at the possibility of Pope um, um, as a, uh, as a good goalkeeper in a Newcastle video we did. So I do urge people to have a look at that. Um, um, but I was having a look at minutes per save as with last season, Leno is top. He's the stats King. Um, so he has, he's had one clean sheet, but he's had a minutes per se, a save every 16.4 minutes. Also, he's top for expected goals prevented. This is him actively preventing uh, a goal. And he's actively prevented, just him, two goals. Um, So they would be two goals more down um, uh, if it wasn't for him. So he's great. And uh, uh, traditionally, I've always gone for those types of stats. Because that says when they get a clean sheet, he's going to get points. Because he's making lots of saves. And if he doesn't keep a clean sheet, of which he has one out of four so far and a much maligned Fulham defence um, therefore um, you know he's going to get um, he's going to get say, going to rack up the save points and therefore bonus points however Fulham have conceded nine goals <laughs> ten goals sorry this season yeah. so far so that is <laughs> worth pointing out um, but um, I, he would be the top there and I would pair him with Ariola, who is not too shabby with four goals conceded just four no clean sheets though but a minutes per save every 22.5 um, you're loving this. This is goalkeeper central. This show uh, oh, uh, expected is. goals prevented uh, 1.6. That's what he's actively done. That's really good stats for the first four. Um, the other benefit of that is the rotation is is beautiful. Um, so uh, West Ham. Oh, oh no! Game week five. They got Man City. Oh, they got Liverpool in game week six. Does not matter because Fulham have Luton and then they have Crystal Palace. These are you know potential for clean sheets there. Good fixtures. And then you think you look back to basically I would play Ariola most of the time. So Ariola I think is going to be in a better defence. And then say Newcastle game week eight. I don't want to play Ariola, but as luck would have it. Leno is playing Sheffield United that week. So it's just a really nice Beautiful. combination. So if I was, if I was wildcarding game week five, I'll get Leno and Ariola. I've made my case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ariola actually would have been, probably will be my second choice goalkeeper uh, when I do wildcard. I, yeah. I agree with everything you said there. Yeah. I think, uh, so we, I had a little look at this on the, the member stream last week with Andy. Um, and so if you've not had a chance to, to check out the member streams, if you're a member, then do check them out on Friday nights. Uh, or alternatively, if you're not a member yet, it's one of the many benefits you can get um, from being in there. Um, yeah, Ariola definitely ticked a lot of boxes for a lot of the really niche stats you've mentioned there. Yeah, um, He wasn't necessarily the king of any of them, but that doesn't matter yeah. with a goalkeeper. They need to sort of be top four or five for Tick lots along. of different yeah. avenues of points. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Ariola is, is very much on my mind as well. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, traditionally, I've always gone for like the Southampton goalkeeper, the Bournemouth goalkeeper, the Portsmouth one. Not just a South Coast thing. Um, I just go for them because they concede a lot of shots and they're usually good goalkeepers. Um, and that's what yeah, you want. Uh, you want. You want David James, basically. Portsmouth David James is my exactly. my 
pinnacle of a goalkeeper in FPL. <laughs> um, let's move on to some other questions. Let's forget goalkeepers. Um, so if any more goalkeeper questions in, we might skip them because we've probably done 12 minutes on goalkeepers already. Um, so FPL Bigger asks, am I too early? No, you're never too early. Um, uh, but Geo Boys asked, Trippier for Estupanan. Yay or nay? If he can afford it, I would say yay. Yeah, I think I would as well. I think it's that's a fixtures pick very much because I think both players are good. I think both players have you know some level of form. Mm. Um, I think a lot of us are looking for an Estupinian out plan because Brighton's fixtures are getting a little bit more challenging. And crucially, we mm. did allude to it earlier on, Brighton are conceding chances at a much faster rate than perhaps is necessarily obvious when you look at their results, mm. um, I guess. You know, so I don't think Estupinian is this uh, guy that we can rely on for clean sheets and goals as much as we could last season because clearly there's just there's just something there that means that Brighton aren't a defence-first team anymore. No. And that seems to be working. You know, Deserby, I don't think he's unhappy with that. Uh, I, I guess you as a fan, Joe, probably aren't either. You're not unhappy either. So oh, I don't mind. Attack, not attack away. <laughs> just, yeah. just win everything 5-4. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And most fans aren't going to mind that. So, yeah, I don't think there's any pressure on him to make some changes there. So, um, yes, I think that Trippier and people from the Newcastle defence, I think over the next run of games, when you look at the swing on the ticker as well, Newcastle, there's more upside there. Um, there is, I suppose, more risk that comes with this because the Champions League is going to start to be involved. And the thing about Newcastle's group is that it is horrible. I mean, Newcastle fans probably don't mind. If they were going to come back to the Champions League, I'm sure they'd much rather face PSG and AC Milan than, you know, mm-hmm. just those teams you never heard of that somehow scrape in and always end up in Man City's group. Um, I'm sure they'd much rather that. But I imagine that just they're going to throw everything at those games, yeah. I think. And so when the rotation comes in, I mean, we have to only speculate at this point because we've not seen any of the European football. It's actually why I don't want a wildcard this week. I want to see how it settles. Yeah. But like Livramento. I mean, he's a perfect Premier League starter if you're going to play Trippier in the European mm-hmm. games, who obviously is much more experienced. You know, he's a, he's a World Cup semi-finalist goal scorer, you know, for example, and has played on the continent, you know, played for Atletico Madrid for a while. So he is just the obvious starter yeah. for yeah. the oh, Champions yeah. League games. Oh, yeah. And if they need to rest games. him, yeah. yeah, if they need to rest him, then it's Livramento is not actually that much of a downgrade. You know, he's more of a domestic... He, I see him as more of a domestic player. So... Yeah. It's a tricky one because I'm not going to get rid of a stupid man anytime soon. I'm just going to bench him mm-hmm. and I'm going to wait to see how the Newcastle defence settles. Yeah. Um, I've actually got a lot of money in my bank, so I'm tempted to perhaps use my Salah money, which I already got rid of him, to upgrade Gabrielle to a Newcastle defender. Mm-hmm. I think it's a wait and see. I, I think yeah. it's a wait and see. I mean, to be honest, a stupid man could get something against United, right? So yeah. if you feel it, if you end up starting a stupid man against United, it's not the worst thing in the world because his creative stats are also pretty good as well. So... Yeah, that was a bit of a non-answer. I appreciate, but there's lots yeah. of considerations with this. Yeah, yeah, so. there is. Um, I, I don't, I can't see many clean sheets for Estupinan, but um, for those playing FPL bingo, I'm about to say it. Estupinan at this stage is more or less a winger, and uh, that's what he is. So you're looking for attacking points there. Newcastle's fixtures, they got Brentford next. That's tricky. I don't expect a clean sheet there. Uh, but then they've got Sheffield United, Burnley, West Ham. That could be tricky. Crystal Palace, Wolves, right up to game week 10. That's a great run of fixtures there. Um, there's a lot of clean sheet potential there. But Trippier, as you said, he's going to be the Champions League guy. Um, however, I don't know if you've seen the All or Nothing documentary on uh, on Amazon about Newcastle. 
which has been heavily edited, um, as you would expect for those documentaries. <laughs> um, but I'm convinced the Trippier is actually a robot, so I don't actually acknowledge that he'll get fatigue. Um, he is just uh, completely driven while his body can to playing football at the highest level he can constantly and he doesn't seem to have anything else even though he's got his obviously his family and his his family wanted to move back here but he's very very driven and very robotic and so um yeah i don't i, I can't see him giving up his shirt any, any bit of insight there. a bit yeah. like harry kane um you know he's just like just oh, driven just i can't see him rested too much he might what he might do though is um uh come off every uh, around 70 minute mark we did see that last season and that could be good. So that's why I think at the moment... They bank the clean sheet. Yeah, I personally like you. I would like to wait a week or two um, and you know miss out on a couple of fixtures of those, that good run. But it gives, it gives that information because it's a lot of money to invest. Uh, it's a big upgrade, that one pound, uh, £1.50, 1.5 million. Um, but yeah, you're completely right about um, uh, looking at the... the um, uh, the uh, the the Brighton and sorry my screen screen just went funny there uh, the Brighton and Newcastle uh, defensive stats uh, because Brighton are one of the worst defenses so far this season with a minutes per expected goal uh, they've expected to concede a goal every forty eight point eight minutes which is one two three four five six the sixth worst um, meanwhile Newcastle have had tough fixtures including against Brighton but their minutes per expected goals conceded is much better. 78 minutes 78.6 minutes um, they have conceded seven goals for, so far Brighton six so those underlying stats tell you a better story than the actual whether they've scored a goal so that says Newcastle defence is strong robust and they could keep Brentford at bay uh, I hope they keep Mbobo Mbomo at bay because I haven't got him um, let's move on more questions um, Jackson for Alvarez or Awanyi two things going on here have we, is it time to get rid of Jackson with enough of his miss of his fluff <laughs> chances and Alvarez just played basically on the moon in Bolivia a one year <laughs> a one year is like new Vardy he just can't stop scoring every week but what would you make that move now or would you make that move at all uh, I, I I want to I really really want to own a one year from about game week nine or ten when their fixtures get really really nice and the reason I want to own him is I feel like we talk about him every week but he also gets overlooked. He's one of these people that somehow people almost have a colour blindness to. Mm. You know, they sort of just see the red of Nottingham Forest and immediately discard based on the fact that Forest were quite poor for large stages of last season. And I love those sorts of situations when people see the badge and they think about what they've kind of remember of that team. And there's a little bit of confirmation bias in there and there's a little bit of just kind of complacency but not, I'm not, in a, I'm not insulting people. It's more just the fact that like, not everybody has the time to go into the level of detail that we're able to, either for making content or people watching this. No, no one's got time for the East Midlands so, anymore. No one cares. No, well, exactly. It's so, yeah, it's exactly. so King John. It's so, <laughs> so Robin Hood. No one cares anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. And so then when we see these stats that come through, that suggests that actually there's been a shift, there's been a change. Mm. Um, I like that kind of moment because I think that people will still largely avoid a one year. Um, the stats that he's got over the first four matches is seven shots in the box, four big chances, three on target. So uh, his goal conversion rate is 42.9%. So I will admit that at this stage, there's a lot of overperformance going mm. on there. Um, not unlike Avardi back in his heyday when he broke Van Nistelrooy's record, I'm pretty sure it was like one shot per game, yeah. it was a goal. Um, and those sorts of stats are hard to predict an end point for. So I will appreciate there is a little bit of potential statistical anomaly here. Mm -hmm. um, 
But the fixtures are too good. I kind of feel like the fixtures, when they get good, yeah. in theory, should actually give a one more opportunity. So I want to own him, but now is not the time. I think game week nine is when you go for yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Chelsea's got... fixtures are really good for now, and they get worse around the same time. Yeah. So Jackson to Awanyi makes a lot more sense in about game that's, nine. That's game week 10 Q&A, that is. Um, yeah, with Burnley up <laughs> yeah. next for, for Awanyi, it's a great thing to get it. Great time to get him for one match, and then he plays City. So that's not great. And then he's got Brentford um, and then Crystal Palace. Um, they're hard to call. Uh, Man City is easy to call. He, he, they'll, they'll, they'll beat them. <laughs> but those, those other two fixtures are tough to call. Yeah, 25 points. You're right about people, people, people are completely ignoring him. I was, I was saying this about Evan Ferguson uh, recently to Tom. Uh, it's like in The Usual Suspects. Well, the uh, the uh, you know the, the the line that Kevin Spacey uses in that, which is, what is the greatest trick the devil devil ever 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 pulled to convince the world he didn't exist? A one year is the devil, like Evan <laughs> Ferguson. They've convinced the world they don't exist. Yeah. Meanwhile, Ferguson is uh, only Harland to score more goals than Ferguson this season, and a one year has three goals, uh, twenty five FPL points, um, and, uh, and I think it's eight games in a row that he's scored in yeah. as well. So it's He's getting th- close to the violin record. So. I think so. Yeah, I think someone was saying game week 35 last season was the last time he scored. <laughs> so, yeah, he, we're not doubting it. It's just whether this is a good time to get him in, given that he's got City in game week six, given that Jackson has Bournemouth, which could be a good fixture. But what will happen in game week six Q&A when As and Sam are back, they're going to get a whole bunch of questions. Shall we? Shall I dump Jackson? because he's missed Fluffloads big chances again. But if he has scored loads, everyone's going to want to get, get him back in and say sorry to him. Um, so the, the Jackson thing is really going to be a game week six. And he's, he's, a, he's a big hold. Um, oh, everyone, easy, yeah. His stats are good. So as long as he can just start converting him into goals, I think we should be okay. Um, as long as he doesn't set up his mortgage on the goals imminent table this no. season. Uh, I think we'll be fine. Um, hoping, we're hoping he's going to move out, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's, he was on our ultra differentials table because uh, at that stage he was under 5% owned. I think he may still may be, uh, but early in the week he was 4.8% owned. So, yes, he is definitely um, a good um, a good asset. Um, and, he's you know, he's got a brace, perhaps even a hat-trick in him. Um, but uh, so. Burnley could be the game uh, to do that. Uh, Barry Coleman asks, Eze to Sun for free? He already has Madison. So lots going on with that question as well. Um, Son, surely he's going to play up front for Sheffield United against Sheffield United after doing so well last time and Richarlison having off-field issues. Um, but selling Eze to him, I'm not sure about, especially if you've got Madison. Because in game week six, like with a one year, game week six, the fixtures tougher, toughen. And so um, Son has two bad games. And so my take is if you've got Madison and given it's just after the international break, we don't know. We don't know if Son is going to get there, but team news might give it. I would I would say hold Eze at the moment. I, I really like Eze. I think people are down on him. I mean, again, to be honest, it comes down to what people use as a yardstick for success in FPL. I think the fact that he's not achieved what he wants to yet in terms of points mm. makes people think he's not playing well. But he isn't playing badly. He's playing really, really well. He's clearly the best player in that Palace team. Um, looks exciting every every week. And, and he's basically done everything but scoring again. Assist. Um, when we have a look at how he compares with, with Son, so far this season, he's actually supposed to have been involved in more goals. His expected goal involvement is 2.51. Sons is 2.17. 
Um, yes, we know Son is is on his day a world class player, so it's not necessarily uh, unsurprising to see uh, Son outperform his xG. We, we've seen that many times down through the years, so maybe we don't have to read as much as we think in, into that specific comparison. Um, but the point is, is does that make Eze a bad option? No, not at all. In fact, no. it makes him someone who looks primed and ready to explode at some point. I I am fairly confident that when he does start delivering, it's going to be really big because yeah. he is, in my opinion, he has what it takes to actually be a better, more integral part of that Palace team than Zaha ever was. Because obviously he's sort of now the one shouldering the burden mm-hmm. of being the talismanic player. Zaha was a very good goal scorer. We know that. But was he necessarily that, that team's arch creator? Not really. No. Eze, however, is seemingly both. Mm-hmm. You know, he is someone who can get lots of goals, but yeah. is a very, very good creator as well. He's created more chances than Son this season. He's had more shots in the box than Son this season. And he's had more shots on target as well. Um, the goal conversion rate, obviously, is much lower. But, um, yeah, and a good point on the fixtures as well. I yeah. think there is a lot of short-sightedness on the Spurs fixtures. Yeah. Because they are going to be tricky. Yeah, got to put the other side of the coin, the fixtures are tricky on paper, but I don't rate the Arsenal defence that much, especially at no. the Emirates. I think it's for four clean sheets in the last 21. Mm-hmm. Liverpool clean sheets haven't been great either. So there's a possibility the song gets you something, okay. but it will sting, won't it, if it, it comes it, at the expense of It, it doesn't episode. look hawley, though. Um, but yeah, we no, can't tell them. Shepherd yeah, United, the great fixture. Arsenal, Liverpool, can't see Son in the scout picks those weeks. Uh, game week eight, then now you're talking back to Luton again. So game week eight is when I am looking at possibly getting Son in, maybe. But, you know, I, I'm quite happy with my midfielders. If I had a space in midfield at the moment, I would actually go for Eze, not Son. Because, OK, so Eze's got Aston Villa next. But then he's got Fulham, the worst defence at the moment. And then Manchester United. Crystal Palace do well at Manchester United. And their defence is a bit shaky. Um, and then they've got Nottingham Forest at home. Um, so these are great fixtures, um, and then you can just hop on to uh, you know, whoever. Then, if you if you get bored of Eze, then. But I actually think Eze's a hold, and next week I think he's a buy, rather than a yeah. rather than a bye bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, Sukan, would you bench Gusto? Stupid. We'll be a bit quicker with this one. Uh, who would you, who would you bench if you had to bench one? Um, so, yeah. Uh... Um, oh, am, I, am I muted? No, I'm not. So no. I wasn't just checking if I'd muted myself. Um, just, uh, well, it's tricky, isn't it? Because we think that James might be back. Um, I would start... I think I would start a stupid now. I think he's more yeah. likely to start the games. Um, and, yeah, maybe Gusto gets you something, but I don't know. I think I would be more annoyed with myself if I benched stupid now anymore yeah. than if I benched Gusto if he holds. Yeah. Which is maybe irrational, but that's probably why I go. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think Stupid Land's got more attacking to it. I think neither will keep a clean sheet because uh, Chelsea are against yes. Solanke, um, who is a very Ooh. good player. Um, and, and like he is Kaiser Sose, we've all, we've all uh, he's the greatest trick he ever pulled. <laughs> Pretend Solanke never existed. Um, okay. Uh, Here's another one. Um, da, 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 I'm just reading through the questions. Um uh, oh, Hel- oh God, I can't pronounce his name again. Well, I'm going to give it a go again. Halanganessa. <laughs> anyway, you know who you are. Um, uh, Jota or Foden for Madison. Um, uh, he wants to get Mad- clearly wants to get Madison in. I, oh, I see. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't get rid of Jota or Foden f- for Madison. Darwin Nunes is injured or has an injury. He might be fit for the Liverpool game, but if he isn't. That pretty much, I would say, locks Jota, who scored heavily for Portugal's country midweek, would put him 
in the driving seat to be the number nine there against Wolves, his old club. And you all know what happens when players play their old clubs. Um, so I think Jota's a hold. Foden, possibly Foden for Madison, but that sounds mental. <laughs> it do, yeah, it, do, it does. But it wouldn't necessarily be... I, I think there's method to the madness. And mm. it's madness in the mind of some because it's, it's Foden and lots of people have got him and Man City's attack is very good. But I was just having a look at how they've compared so far this season. And, and obviously... You do, we, we've had this discussion before, haven't we, Joe? I think about like um, how much you factor minutes into things, mm. and you know, Bowden's stats are not as good as Madison's. And then you might have someone come along and be like, "Well, to be fair to him, he's not playing as many minutes." And then you go, "Well, yeah, mm. that's the point. Yeah. <laughs> that's exactly the point." Foden is not a 90-minute man. Madison clearly is. And so um, when you look at what they've achieved so far this season, um, Madison's created two big chances, Foden's none. Madison's had nine shots in the box. Foden's had just four. Mm. Two big chances for Madison, one for Foden. Nine shots on target for Madison, just two for Foden. And so their expected goal involvement is like miles apart, and there's not even penalties to consider yeah. here. So it's, it's expected goal involvement for Madison at 3.42 uh, for, Mad- for Madison, and Foden is 1.43. So that's basically two goals um you know so it's it would maybe hurt and 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 it might hurt this week but i actually feel like you know if Foden gets a haul i'm not going to be shocked at that but european football is coming up i think that that minute management for Foden is going to continue possibly even get worse and so even if it backfires this week it over the course of the next six i would be very very surprised if Foden scores more points than madison because the fixtures stay good for spurs no rotation uh, kind of anyway, and this, you know, European football isn't going to impact Madison. I think if your team can afford to make what is arguably a luxury transfer, because yeah. Foden's not a bad option, it's it's a transfer probably well spent because I do think it elevates both arguably this, the floor and well, the ceiling of your midfield. So, well, my 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 take is a slightly different. In in the it's a it's a running theme with the answers. Game week five is not the week to do the move. Game week six, perhaps. Game week seven. This is why I didn't wildcard now. Um, my team didn't particularly need it. But also, I, th- I think there's certain teams with great fixtures game week five and terrible fixtures game week six and, and the reverse. So with Foden, yeah, he's got West Ham away. So if you've got Haaland, you're going to captain him. You maybe don't need Foden. Madison against Sheffield United is going to be a better pick. But then game week six, um, um, you've got Foden against Nottingham Forest at home, which is... That's that he's in the scout picks for that one. Uh, and then he's got Wolves away. Meanwhile, Madison has got Arsenal away and Liverpool at home. So then I would then I would favour Foden, you see. So I just wouldn't I wouldn't make that I wouldn't make that move because I think you'd possibly Foden could be a, could outscore Madison in those two games. But yeah, granted, longer term, game week eight, yeah, it's you know, it's much better. You've got if Foden have got has got Arsenal away and Tottenham Back to good fixtures. You've got Luton uh, away and, and, and the good fixtures run continues. But yeah, I mean, there's an opportunity cost with all these types of moves. I am not that kind of player that looks at a good player in my team and thinks, I know, I'm going to get rid of him for another good player. Because um, unless there's a dramatic turn in the fixtures, but I think there's a cost there. And that's why I haven't made any midfield moves. No, I made one midfield move. I got Sterling in. I can't remember who I got rid of. Um, for Sterling, uh, must have been good. Um, oh, I know it was uh, Martinelli, and that move was ultimately. I did one if it was an Arsenal. It was. Daughter. I've got yeah. rid of Martinelli for Sterling a couple of weeks ago, and ultimately that move cost me three points because Martinelli got an assist over that time, and uh, I got Sterling in after his hat trick because obviously a points chasing. 
Um, um, so uh, let's have a look at these pictures. Uh, these questions, rather. Jack Flash Poet, Ward Prowse as an enabler. Um, bad fixtures, but also fixture proof. He's exactly your kind of player, possibly to both of us there. Yes, exactly my kind of player. <laughs> he's, uh, you, you think, you think he could score at any time against anyone because he's got amazing free kicks. Um, penalties are not up for grabs currently at West Ham, but if they were, I would imagine he would get them. But West Ham, yeah, they've got Man City at home, then Liverpool, then Sheffield United. That's great. But then Newcastle, Aston Villa, they gets better with a nice, lovely run of Everton, Brentford, Nottingham Forest, Burnley and Crystal Palace. Um, so sort of game week nine is the Ward Prowse time. You see the theme emerging here. Now is, for me, is not the Ward Prowse week. But yeah, I, I think he may be in my wildcard around game week nine-ish. Um, if I, if I yeah. can't afford Bowen, for example, if he goes up in price. That's, I was just going just gonna to mention Bowen, yeah, because I think that that's the, that's the decision that people have got to make. Because I do think that paying the extra... Well, what we've seen so far is that paying the extra million on Bowen probably is going to be rewarded. It's just what that's going to cost you. In isolation, I think Bowen's going to get more points. Can Ward-Prowse match Bowen sufficiently to allow um, a bigger leverage of sort of, you know, gains in other areas of your team? And so it is going to be team-specific, especially, as, as you say, Game Week 9, that seems the perfect time to World Cup because we talked about Forest as one team that gets good around that time. And uh, we've talked about like Chelsea gets worse, for example. Um, Newcastle's get better. Palace gets better. West Ham is another team who right now, we don't really want to be invested in. The fixtures are really poor. They get really good. Mm-hmm. So, it's a, it's a, it, again, it's another Game Week 9 specific question because who the must-haves by then may dictate the answer to this. But yeah, in terms of what we've seen so far, I think the extra million on Bowen would work because... Um, interestingly enough, he has actually created more chances than Warprouse, although Warprouse is creating them at a faster rate because he played fewer minutes. Uh, but the goal threat is kind of no comparison. Nine shots in the box for, for Bowen, just the two for Warprouse. Four big chances for Bowen, just the one for Warprouse. Six shots on target to, compared to Warprouse's two, and then the XGI is 2.77 to 1.36. So there is, there is quite a big gap. And one million is not really that much to, to jump from mm-hmm. X to Y. So, yeah. um, I, th- I think Bowen is. I think Bowen is still the front runner, but I don't think War Prowse is bad. As I said, it just no. depends on what what you're doing elsewhere. So, yeah, yeah, yeah million is not a lot. It's, it's basically what Brighton give Chelsea every single second of the year. Um, and on that segue, Stephen Gallagher asks Matoma to Madison, or if Nunes is out, go for a cheeky Jota punt. Well, I've already uh, given my views about Jota. I think he's pretty much nailed to start number nine if. Uh, Nunez is out so do monitor that situation uh, we've got team news tomorrow and Neil will better give everyone uh, much more information Matoma to Madison I'd be tempted to make that move um, Matoma does not have the best of luck against Wambasaka, who he plays against who is likely to play against Manchester United Wambasaka is Matoma kryptonite and so I think mm-hmm. um I think now, I mean, even though Matoma has Bournemouth next, he then has Aston Villa, Liverpool, Man City after that. So it's a re- it's quite a nice, it's not not a great run for Brighton, and at the same time they've got they've got Europa League uh, commitments, and I expect Matoma. So their um, Brighton's group is really tough, <laughs> so I expect their their top top side of which Matoma's in to play that one. So yeah, I, th- I would do I would do that if I'm Matoma, even as a Brighton fan, I would look and didn't have Madison I'd make that move myself don't you? 
Yeah. Well, the thing about that I find really interesting about Matoma is from what I can see, I mean, I've, I've not, not watched as many of the Brighton games as I, I perhaps wanted to this season. You, you may well have seen a lot more than me. But the thing about Matoma is, uh, from what we saw last season, both eye test anecdotally and statistically, was that he was he was a shot-heavy guy. He was, he was a volume shooter who, his accuracy actually wasn't brilliant. But it didn't matter because he shot so often that the law of averages would suggest that eventually one of them's going to go in. And, of course, that's what we saw. Um, he was more of a goal threat. But what we've seen so far, I kind of feel like it looks like he's becoming more of a creative player for Brighton mm. so far. Because he's created 14 chances, which is among some of the most creative in the league so far. Um, three of those have been big chances. Again, he's really keeping fine company for that. Uh, but he's had just seven, seven shots in the box. Um, so that's that's actually just, that's under two a game for someone who last season was shooting all the time. Mm. Uh, only one big chance and just two shots on target. So... In a way, he has started scoring well, but if he's becoming an assist man, well, I think, I, think him, I, I think he's always been an assist man. He basically just runs okay. as close as he can get to goal and then shoots if he's in that position. <laughs> uh, and if not, he does a yeah. chinky run and then gets into that position, or he'll make that pass. Um, it's possible that uh, I mean the way Brighton have, have moved, we've got we now got Pedro up front, we've got Fatty for from uh, Barcelona, um, and of course we've got Ferguson and Welbeck uh, as well. So you've got a lot of a lot of, of heads and feet to aim at, of quality feet and heads as well to aim at. So yeah, it's more likely they're going to pilfer some of those goals that he would got but I do I understand that March and Matoma have had um a sort of uh, a challenge set down by Deserby to score more goals and to get I think it was up oh, okay. to 15 this season um which may have been so um I don't think there's any drop off there it's quite a small sample so far he's just he's a great player great yeah. player, especially in in the good fixtures yeah. but there are certain players of which Juan Bissaka's one who can get the better of him um yeah so he's good, but not The great. interesting thing that seems to be that they seem to swap their roles in the sense that I saw March as more of a creator, but he, he does seem to be mm. getting better at putting chances away. Yes. Because he, uh, so far, three big chances, six shots on target. You know, in those two stats alone, I appreciate, as you said, it's a small sample size. March is actually outperforming Matoma at the moment. And I guess the general point is I'm not seeing enough explosiveness from Matoma. Fantastic player, but as you say, yeah. the goal's increasingly becoming shared yeah. right I mean, so whereas madison is the central hub at first very very different yeah march is more, more explosive because uh, it's just the way they play on the left and the right so you've got a stupid and matoma or you've got march and it could be gross feltman um, um milner um it could be any of those players um so uh, often they're not as attacking whereas on on the left hand side you've got matoma and a stupid so matoma can quite easily pass it to a stupid and quite easily run into the box and score or run into the box uh, near the box and do an amazing cross. Um, whereas on the right-hand side, when it was March and Gross, they overlapped a bit more. And now March and March will be a bit more attacking, I think. Um, but, I mean, this goes back to pre-season. Who is the best Brighton asset? Against Manchester United, it's Pascal Gross. Um, it could be any of them. It yeah. could be, honestly, it could be any of them. <laughs> I mean, you could perhaps have all three. <laughs> and then you've got Pedro yeah, and Ferguson. But you get that with these teams where there's, where there's rotation and a lot of talent, but it's all spread around. And Aston Villa's a little bit like that, I think. So, I mean, I'll put, I'll put your team up now, actually, just um, uh, yeah. because, um, don't go into too much detail, but I'll put it up because it's obviously typical of, of uh, a number of teams. 
um, in that the players are the same. You've got Madison, so lots of questions about Madison. You've got Foden, people thinking of moving Foden for Madison. You don't have to deal with that. Deal with that. Diaby, you've got over, say, Watkins. Um, now, are you, you, you happy with Diaby? Are you going to keep him? you think there's going to be any rotation? Um, I'm, I'm fairly happy so far. Um, I think uh, Watkins has been unfortunate, and so therefore I think I've been fortunate in that little 50-50. Um, because I think Watkins probably should have been involved in more goals than he has been. Uh, but I do think that um, Diaby, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Diaby has a better overall point scoring mm. season because, of course, he is just going to get more rewarded. I, I felt that I liked Villa. Yeah. I liked their fixtures. I thought they were going to come in and start really well, which I think they largely have, Newcastle game uh, aside. Um, and I felt. Okay, I can't actually fit Watkins in my team, but if I rate that attack, and I actually did the scout report video on Diaby over the summer, which was based on a, a fantastic article by the editorial team, and I had to say I looked, I was really excited by what I saw. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of encouraging signs, and I think that's largely continued. I I don't have some too many stats to hand about Diaby, and as I said, um, Watkins arguably should have been involved in more goals than him. Mm-hmm. But I, I, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think there's a lot of people looking at uh, ways they can get involved in the uh, in the Aston Villa uh, attack, for example. I mean, the Chelsea game uh, mm-hmm. doesn't scare me anymore. I mean, I was thinking about maybe moving them out by game week six or seven, but i actually not bothered anymore because Chelsea, not as good defensively as no. I thought. Brighton, as we've discussed at length, yeah. will concede goals. You know, you will probably win that game 4-3. Uh, and if the RB gets two goals and assists, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, know, I, um, I mean, I guess yeah, if you so. look at them sort of on paper, yeah, Chelsea and Brighton could do well, but it's hard to call. But yeah, could do well. But it's really from game week eight where Diaby... That's is, the same, after that. Diaby or Watkins is on my radar because um, it's this beautiful run of Wolves, West Ham, Luton, Nottingham Forest, Fulham. Um, before Tottenham in game week 13. That's it. That feels like an age away. Um, so you've got this amazing long run of great fixtures. Um, yeah, I, I want Diaby or Watkins, but there's so many midfielders we want. Um, and it brings on to another question from um, uh, Engzice Man. Uh, is Saka injured? Is Saka injured? So he was... Um, there's been talk that... I think it was in the uh, one of the tabloids um, that he'd been uh, on England duty was been nursing a, a long-standing Achilles issue, um, and uh, so you can look at that one of two ways. One is that's a hint he might be rested this week, but if it's a long-standing one, it's a long-standing one. You just pl- we'll just play through it. Um, Arteta, in my memory, has only benched Saka once when he's not when he's been available. Saka's only been benched once, yeah, and then he that came- illness. Yeah, uh, and, and he still came on and got something <laughs> in that game. Yeah. So um, unless we hear something definite, he's a hold for me. But if he is out, I'll just swap him to some. Um, that's what I'll do. Yeah, I've got it's an easy switch. To that. That's a very easy switch. So if you don't have Son, Saka's injured. Yeah. Just make that move. We've got a deadline Saturday, thank God, because I'm away tomorrow. <laughs> and, and Fridays have been a bit of a nightmare trying to make your decisions. Uh, although I'm blessed doing usually doing the team news with Neil, so I get it. I get all that information straight. But then I've only got like about an hour to like decipher it all. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm quite pleased. Well, the advantage that we have now is Friday nights we will get the embargoed section of the press conferences yes. before the deadline. Because yeah. uh, for people who aren't aware, there's obviously the, there's mm. the embargo for the written press, yeah. uh, which just allows all of the journalists n- for none of them to uh, steal a march on each other. It's, it's actually quite antiquated, to be honest. And I say that even as someone who's worked yeah. in sports journalism. Uh, 
Um, but it's it's there. It still happens, and it does sometimes mean that we get like the news on the Thursday, Friday. Yeah. We get the deadline at half past six, and then at half past ten. There's an additional quote from Pep who goes, "Oh, John Stones, uh, you know, I'm not sure. We'll see, right? We'll, we will get all of that before the deadline." And so, yeah, the handy thing is this story about Saka has got big enough in the national press. I will be very, very, very shocked if someone in that room doesn't ask Arteta. Yeah. Hopefully, we get some information. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, long-standing Achilles issues. I mean, people have been having uh, problems with that since the Trojan War. Exactly. So, you know, ever thus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's always been uh, an issue there. Um, but <laughs> the, um, I, I think, um, I think with Saka, yeah, we'll, we'll get some kind of definite, we'll get some kind of leak Saturday morning. But if it's a long-standing issue, it's just a long-standing issue. Um, and it will just be made to play through it all. Um, um, let's let's race through some more of these questions. Uh, we've we've done about forty five minutes. Can we do can we do more? We got time for more, David? I think so. Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah stick we'll, a few more in. R- we'll rattle through some more. I've got a bit more time. Um, so uh, SMB uh, says, As and Sam look like they've had a rough week. Thanks very much. Um, uh, uh, let's have a look through. Camsey uh, has caught us on the um, our pronunciation of a one year. Um, Blimey! I mean, oh, is yes, that, is it? That, I want you here. I've I've seen yeah. people start talking about this, and I'm realizing maybe I need to sort yeah, myself that, out. To be honest, Camsey, that's the least of your worries with our pronunciation of footballers. <laughs> I think he's got off quite lightly. Um, um, <laughs> I've, I've just put while we're talking, I've just put uh, uh, the game week five fixtures just to remind people watching um, what those fixtures are, and I can draw them so I can remember who Newcastle are playing, for example. Um, okay, Dennis Robertson, uh, how much effect does European football tend to make with player rotation? I want to bring in Diaby, but think his Premier League minutes may get reduced. Diar- Diaby, did he, did he played international, did he? Uh, oh, was he not asking about European rotation as well? Yeah, he's asking about European the, rotation, the but, but in, in specific, specifically with Diaby. But yeah, you, I, oh, I would right. say, in principle, yes. I haven't used any subs, uh, I haven't used any bench players yet every every week after the internationals it's it's the most unpredictable week this is why i don't like (laughs) wildcarding too much early on after the first wildcard after the first international break and i will i will go i will go (laughs) i'm trying to remember who the leicester player is who i said i'll go that deep i can't remember who it was now um, but um, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, Nampalas Mendy. Okay, I could be going Bayer deep. Who knows? Uh, that's a, <laughs> he's my third bench player this week uh, from Burnley. Um, but I, I anticipate you going into a, into a first or even second sub. I think that I think that happens. But you know, I yeah. don't know. We we did a European roundup video uh, yesterday with Mark, and um, uh, also um, Neil has been. Uh, compiling everything from the site neil and tom lots of articles at fancy football scout we'll give you all those questions about drb it gives you a rundown of who's played the most minutes as well so if there's a player you're thinking of getting in but you think oh will they be tired it shows you who's played at 180 minutes and there's a hell of a lot of players so have a look at that list it's on the fancy football scout just have a look at the european roundup article it's one of the last three or four on the site um okay let's rattle through some more questions um uh, Okay, Danny B, start. Pedro or Eduard? I like this question. <laughs> I mean, I'd start Pedro. I think yeah. he, he's he gone down in price. Yeah. Good differential now because people have got rid. And the thing is, I don't think getting rid of him when we got rid of him, if people either did it game week two or three, I don't think that was the wrong decision at the time. But circumstances have shifted in that Suso's got an injury, Welbeck's got an injury, um, United's defence doesn't look very good. 
Pedro is not a bad option in that team. We're fairly confident he's going to start. I would be this week, to be honest. Um, do obviously wait for the, the press conferences. And of course, on Friday, yeah, we will have another team news video with Neil. So that's an opportunity yeah. to pick his brains mm-hmm. on the rotation um, uh, with uh, with the Seagulls. So um, I um, Pedro this week, I think, is, is actually it's still yeah. a good shout. And until we get some news suggesting that this injury, not crisis, it's not quite at that stage yet, but this this sort of, you know, increase in injuries in that specific position until that starts to subside i think pedro is, it still has a little bit more value okay well i'll, I'll put i'm just going to put a picture of my team up um i won't dwell on it too long but it's just a bit of ferguson so i've got ferguson in there not only nice. so i can earn more smug points for, for nailing his hat trick <laughs> last time out um but he promptly then got injured and was off international duty um in my local paper my former employers the brighton and hove argus um they um uh did some training pictures. Welbeck is back in training. Happy, happy. He's there training away. Ferguson was not pictured at all. Um, so even if Ferguson is okay, the fact that he hasn't been pictured training so far and we're getting closer and closer to that match would suggest that it's Welbeck's going to start. Who's going to be behind him? I think it will be either uh, Pedro or Lalana. So I wouldn't say Pedro's 100%, but with a Ferguson being injured or likely to be injured, as we'll get more in team news tomorrow on this, um, uh, I think that Pedro is more likely to start. Um, so I would say keep him. Game week six, he faces Bournemouth, but Ferguson could be back then, and of which uh, Edward has Fulham at home. So Edward's the guy there. Um, the other reason I put my team up there, just because other people might have a, a striker they want to get rid of, um, in my case, because he might not play. Um, I think Morris is probably the best one because game week seven, everyone's going to want him for Luton. And I think you're just making that a little bit yeah. early. And then Luton, yeah. um, looking at the fixtures, um, Luton have Fulham, really the worst, nice. worst defence, and then Wolves, um, and then Everton uh, and Burnley, obviously, in game week seven. So it's a really nice run of fixtures yeah. there. So I think he would be a top choice. So the answer to that question, start Pedro and Edward, we think would be Pedro this week for that yeah. place. In the short term, maybe Morris is the answer. Yeah, um, I think yeah. if you look at the four matches Luton have up next in their next three, because obviously there's a double, all four of them are in the bottom six in the Premier League yeah. for minutes per expected goals conceded, I think. But waiting one week, just double check that Morris can actually deliver on that, I think yeah. is relatively shrewd. Um, I think you might get rewarded if you go this week, but you know, I would personally, I mean, I'm thinking about him as well. Mm-hmm. Just he's a bit of an opportunity because I think a lot of people will just write that double game week off, but okay. like purely because of Emmanuel Dennis, okay. which makes no sense because they're completely different players. They might both flop, but just because he did and just because he got sent off, yeah. and there's all these double game weeks with the terrible strikers, it doesn't necessarily mean Morris will. So I think we we do need to keep an eye on these fixtures because they are good fixtures. Yeah. So yeah. Um, okay, saying. we're going to rattle through these ones. We'll go really quick on these ones, and then at the end, I'll put up a rate my team of the best players for game week five this ah, is the rate yes. my team tool and so it gives a, a snapshot of, of what 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 the computer the xg boffins behind it believe are going to be the highest scoring players and hopefully that will answer any other questions we haven't managed to get to so we'll quick quick ones here josh as soon you start Guardiola or a stupid easy start the man city guy you agree mm-hmm. yep. yep okay uh, yep. choco asks so matoma to uh mbomo is viable yes indeed uh, mbomo is a great pick matoma is a great pick but bad fixtures one's got good fixtures one hasn't uh, yep. uh any news news on shore 
we don't have any news on Luke Shaw at the moment. Still injured. Still, I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> you're not sure. Um, yeah. uh, Karima, should I keep Isaac? Uh, it's another game week five. It's not the not the week to ask that question. If you've got him, field him. Yeah. But he could be rotated for Wilson, and we're not going to know that until Champions League kicks in. Um, but yeah. I've got to be kicking yourself if you sell him yeah. now, and yeah, then yeah. you need him. Yeah, yeah. maybe even next week because yeah. that's when the pictures get better. Exactly. Um, it could be that Wilson just keeps coming on after every uh, after seventy minutes. Could be that Wilson gets a start. Um, but I definitely would want that guy. But it's which one is it going to be? And we haven't got room for both. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, FPL songs, Rob. Um, game week six. Is this a question? He's just saying it. No, he's just listing loads of players and who they're facing. He could That's, be singing it. <laughs> he could be singing it. Uh, Yanga, Cell Foden to Son. I think we've had this question before. Um, if you can do it, yeah, Son is, is in demand. But then you look at the Man City fixtures after that and, Son, and Son's fixtures. Um, so lots more questions. Everyone's asking the same question. People to Son. Yes, Son's a good player, but look out for game week six and seven. Um, uh, just going down until we get a question... Uh, Bench is stupid and a whisser. That's a tough one. Wow, that's a that's a very niche question. Yeah. Um, I think I think um, that's really tough. I, I think I wouldn't want to really bench either. I mean, whenever people ask these questions and it's like bench one or the other, yeah. I always like to wheel out a very uh, people will be tired of me saying this, but I know you'll certainly enjoy. Build a team that means you don't have to make this decision every week, no, no. and so it yeah. might sound crazy, but like maybe sell one of them and yeah. get a 4.5 who you feel more confident yeah. benching or sell someone else. There might be someone in your team who you're starting out of habit mm-hmm. who actually should be sold. And then maybe they're the person that you downgrade to someone really, really cheap so that you can start Visser in a Superman. I uh, think, I think uh, largely I try not to bench forwards, but Newcastle's defense looks yeah. very good. Man United doesn't look very good. And as you said, a Superman's a winger now. So yeah. It's a tricky one. Um, they're, they're, they're both they're yeah. both poor this week and both great game week six. Have great fixtures for game week six, but a game week five, uh, not great. So yeah, you got to field one. I, honestly, this is this isn't this isn't scientific. Literally, flip a coin because <laughs> both of them could get could blank or or get you something. My instinct would be go yeah. with Wissa. Just just go with the attacking guy who's you know definitely the attacking guy. Um, but. Yeah. Um, if Wan-Bissaka can get the better of Matoma, that might free up space for Stupinan to have a cheeky run. Um, I don't know if you saw that, that, that picture, the, um, the footage of him, get Trippier, trying to tackle a Stupinan. A Stupinan just glided past Trippier, <laughs> uh, who, who looked, who looked fla- flailing around, uh, which was um, amazing. Um, uh, Janko asked, just joined, uh, anyone considering Darwin? Uh, we, we spoke about Darwin earlier. He, he was subbed off after 45 minutes for Uruguay. Um, so um, uh, watch this space, watch team news tomorrow. We don't know yet. Um, it, I would imagine Jota may start in his place if he is still uh, in fit. Um, lot, lots more questions. Lots of questions about Foden to Son or Foden to Sterling is one. Um, I think... Once again, game week six is the sort of more Chelsea. I Chelsea are on borrowed time for me. I've got Sterling, and if anyone's going to go in game week six, it'll be him if he blanks against Bournemouth. But Sterling, historically, I remember does really well against Bournemouth. It did with did for Man City, but um, okay, yeah. okay, I'm going to. There put, was that goal he scored that was very late once. So yes. did, didn't it not result in 
didn't he get sent off for him get, yeah. jumping in the crowd yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I remember Aguero I, getting very angry with I, the fan. I, I, I was listening. I was listening to that game. I think it was a lunchtime kickoff. I was listening to the game. I remember I was on a dog walk, and and I was like, "Hey, my player Sterling has scored." Oh, what's happening now? And then, yeah, it was just I couldn't, I couldn't even work out the points on the dog walk. You know, how he scored, get sent <laughs> off. Uh, oh, just go on and on. Um, oh, okay, chaos. we're going to put the um, some rate my team stats up just to end off with um, um, what I've got. I've got the first, uh, top twelve players in terms of points game week five. Um, so this is the rate my team to fancy football scale in the members area. Do have a look at that. Most of the stats that we've been talking about here, they all come from there. Um, the season ticker uh, there. That's how that's how we're able to reel off all these uh, fixtures seemingly at will. We both got the fixture ticker open us on, on a different screen. Um, and Harland is top. Um, he's expected to get seven points. Um, so, uh, um, you know, that's that's the best player this week. Um, Son is next, 5.79. Uh, then Madison, 5.57. Salah just behind. So all of these are good captaincy shouts here. Sterling is just behind at 5.26. So this could be a good fixture for for, for Sterling. He's, he's certainly a, um, a, real, a real benchmark for him, whether he stays in my team or not. Uh, Trippier, we're starting to see interest in Newcastle here. Uh, he's expected to go over five points. Um, so uh, Foden uh, is next for Man City. So lots of questions. Shall I sell Foden for, for Son? Well, you might not actually make much difference in your team. A one Yi, who I've mispronounced, thanks, Kamsi, um, <laughs> is around five as well. Uh, points for game week five. Basically, these predicted points, you know, this is basically if you're getting seven points, you're probably going to get 12. That's that's the way it works out on these. You're, you're looking at these points here. They basically anything over five or even four, you expected to do quite well that week. Uh, DRB in your team, David. So this bodes well for your team. Mm. Um, Bruno Fernandez is next. Rashford's also on the list. Watkins and Saka should he plays facing Everton. So these are the key players to have. It's a question of how many you own. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got six of them, <laughs> and I think Ooh, you might have more than me. I think you. I got five. I think you got five, and uh, this, might as well knock one off that list because we both have Harland. <laughs> yeah. So I've got Fernandez and Rashford, um, and they both great Ooh. form for their country, um, but yeah. you don't have either. So I do have a plan to get Bruno. What is, what, what's your Bruno is what's your tra- what, that's what we're going to end with. Your what's your transfer plan <laughs> for this week then? Yeah. Well, I, I probably won't make any plan, uh, any transfers this week. I am going to hope. For- rely on Gabriel to start against Everton. I'm going to wait to see what happens at okay. the press conference. So, um, so I'd rather not have to rely on a stupid hand. But I guess if I end up having to, that's fine. Um, I think if Gabriel starts for Arsenal against Everton, I'd be relatively confident of a clean sheet. But it's in terms of the alternatives, I don't want to get Destiny Udogi now because I wouldn't want to start him against Arsenal or Liverpool. So he's an obvious switch this week, but very short term. I think transfer the pressure. So I think holding one, yeah. when I've got a little bit of a potential sort of like dicey affair with with one of my 11 guys who yeah. I want to start, when I've got a stupid man on the bench who's not a bad substitute, no. I, I think that leaving that be is fine. Yeah. If that allows me to have two free transfers to play with things a yeah. little bit, I mean, I won a wild card in game week nine, but if I can use my free transfers to build a wild card team of sorts mm. before then, and I can do it, use it later. All the better. Um, I don't want I don't want Fernandez this week because even though um, Brighton's defence hasn't been amazing, 
Brighton are very much a bit of a, a, a kind of sort of like, you know, they're kryptonite mm-hmm. for United these days, and United haven't been mm-hmm. amazing. But I did do a video on the channel last week, so people have not had a chance to check this out, of, you know, actually, should we be talking about buying Bruno Fernandes instead of selling him? Mm-hmm. I do think we should, because his stats are very good, the fixtures yeah. are going to get very nice. Um, and so I don't know who's going to come out yet. It might be Foden, uh, based around European rotation, perhaps impacting okay. him, uh, maybe. So you're looking um, at that, that, Burnley, that, Bur- well. that Burnley game in game week six is your Manchester United so. yeah. entry point. Um, okay. I think so. Either that or maybe see how that one goes and then look, look a bit later. But I, I feel like Fernandez is an opportunity for people right now, purely because everyone's getting rid of him. And actually, I think there's a lot of evidence to suggest that you maybe should be buying him. And as I said, there's a, there's a whole video on, on that yeah. specifically from last week. If people want to check it out. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with Fernandez and Rashford myself. Um, so uh, just just for those listening to uh, the podcast version, uh, David has Turner in goal, Cash, Gabriel, Chilwell in a 3-5-2 with Madison and Bomo, Diaby, Foden, Saka. And then you've got Jackson and Haaland up top, who's your captain. And you've got Flecken, Estupanan, Archer and Anderson on the bench. And for my team, I put it up on goals imminent. But I'll just read it out anyway. I've got Turner, Diaz, Chilwell and Estupanan so far in a 3-5-2 uh, with Madison, Rashford, Fernandez, Saka and Sterling. Uh, Ferguson, who's likely to be out this match against Haaland. I've got uh, Henri. <laughs> Henri. Henry. I did that, <laughs> didn't I? Goals in as well. I upgraded him to Thierry Henry. Uh, Henry yes. <laughs> and uh, Anana and Archer and Bayer on my bench there. The moves I'm going to make will depend on team news. If Ferguson is out long term or at least another match, I will I'll swap him to Morris. Uh, but if he's fit for Bournemouth, I'll just bench him. Um, um, uh, Stupin and I would like as my first sub, like you've got David. So I would be looking to upgrade Henry to a doggy, possibly, because a doggy and a Stupin and actually rotate quite nicely over the next uh, few weeks before I wildcard in game week eight, nine, ten ish. Um, so that that's my sort of uh, plan, but a bit vague. All depends on team news. It's going to be busy um, because of all the. Uh, international games that have been taking place um, for all those uh, listening and watching do remember to press that like button and also uh, whether you've liked it or not just press it and also uh, do remember to subscribe so you don't miss all of our content uh, we've we've reeled off some of the content and we've had all the videos and podcasts on various issues this week do have a look uh, scroll through the our youtube channel have a look um, lots of interesting things there i do recommend goals imminent with myself and tom on tuesday obviously and do i mean team news with neil that, i mean that's that's the biggie um and really important this week so that that'll be tomorrow so stay tuned for that um and uh, do subscribe wherever you get your podcast from as well david thanks so much for joining me um normal service will resume um next week i presume Hopefully. as yeah. and sam will be <laughs> back uh, well you never know we could be called on again oh, uh, we could be yes called... as, as and sam should be back yeah. they could yeah fancy football scout could be going joe and david deep uh onto their bench uh, yeah. this this uh <laughs> here so uh let's let's hope that doesn't happen um okay um thanks a lot for your time thanks for those who joined us uh take care and we'll see you soon